Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on this journey through Deuteronomy in Moses' final speech before the Israelites enter the promised land with chapter 14, verse 1. Since you are the people of the Lord your God, never cut yourselves or shave the hair above your foreheads in the morning for the dead. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. So he's minding, reminding Israel that, that God has chosen them and that they are to be set apart. They're not to look like everyone else around them. They are set apart and need to be reflected as God's chosen people. God rescued them. God saved them from slavery and set them free and is giving them their promised land. And they need to be set apart and follow God in everything they do. In verse 3, you must not eat any detestable animals that are ceremonially unclean. These are the animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the, de- the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the adax, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. You may eat any animal that has completely split hooves and chews the cud. But if the animal doesn't have both, it may not be eaten. So you may not eat the camel, the hare, or the herricks. They chew the cud, but they do not have split hooves, so they are ceremonially unclean for you. And you may not eat the pig. It has split hooves, but does not chew the cud, so it is ceremonially unclean for you. You may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. Of all the marine animals, you may eat whatever has both fins and scales. You may not, however, eat marine animals that do not have both fins and scales. They are ceremonially unclean for you. You may eat any bird that is ceremonially that is ceremonially clean. These are the birds that you may not eat. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, the falcon, the buzzards of all kinds, ravens of all kinds, the eagle, the owl, the short-eared owl, the seagull, hawks of all kinds, the little owl, the great owl, the barn owl, the desert owl, the Egyptian vulture, the comorant, the stork, herons of all kinds, the hoopoe, and the bat. All winged insects that walk along the ground are ceremonially unclean for you, and you may not eat them. But you may eat the winged birds or insects that is ceremonially clean. You must not eat anything that has died a natural death. You may give it to a foreigner living in your town, or you may sell it to a stranger. But do not eat it yourselves, for you are set apart as holy to the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. So today we we have a, an unrestricted diet. Jesus died on the cross and set us free. So we have his grace. Jesus is what sets us apart because the Holy Spirit resides in us and we live different lives and we reflect God's character in all we say and do in our lives. We are set apart. So therefore, we don't have to do any of these things to make us set apart as God's chosen people because we're God's chosen people when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior we are God's people and we are set apart and this during this time and period in history they didn't have Jesus yet so they had to follow God's law in order to make sure that it is obvious that Israel is holy to God and it had to be a distinct set apart and different presentation from anything that was around them and Israel had to be holy and eat the food that God chose for them to eat 
So because of that, they had to follow these rules. And we, we eat every meal before the Lord and we are thankful for God, for everything he gives us. And everything that we do, taste or see in the Lord is good. And we see that it is God who gives us this and we thank him for that. Every meal, we thank him for that. So we are set apart in God by our character reflecting God. In verse 22, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. So this is now going to address their money, their income. Verse 23, bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place that the Lord your God has chosen for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. Now when the Lord your God blesses you with a good harvest, the place of worship he chooses for his name to be honored might be too far for you to bring the tithe. If so, you may sell the tithe portion of your crops and herds, put the money in a pouch, and then go to the place that the Lord God has chosen. When you arrive, you may use the money to buy any kind of food you want, cattle, sheep, goats, wine, or other alcoholic drink, and then feast there in the presence of the Lord your God and celebrate with your household. And even today, God wants us to feast with him. In verse 27, And do not neglect the Levites in your town, for they will receive no allotment of land among you. At the end of every year, bring the entire tithe of that year's harvest and store it in the nearest town. Give it to the Levites, who will receive no allotment of land among you, as well as the foreigners living among you, the orphans and the widows of your town, so that they can eat and be satisfied. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all your work. And here they're they're ensuring that any of the poor, the widows, the orphans, the foreigners, that they are taken care of. No one is left out or not provided for in God's plan. In chapter 15, verse 1, At the end of every seventh year, you must cancel the debts of everyone who owes you money. This is how it must be done. Everyone must cancel the loans that they have made with their fellow Israelites. They must not demand payment from their neighbors or relatives for the Lord's time of release has arrived. This release from debt, however, applies only to your fellow Israelites, not to foreigners living among you. There should be no poor among you, for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he's giving you as a special possession. You will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God I am giving you today. The Lord your God will bless you as he promised. You will lend money to many nations, but will never need to borrow. You will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you. But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. He's saying, make sure. God wants to make sure anyone who has a need has that need met in its, in its entirety. Verse 10, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor, and that is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. 
saying share. Israelites are set apart and blessed and they need to be sharing and make sure everyone is cared for. No one should be poor. Everyone needs to be cared for. In verse 12, if a fellow Hebrew sells himself or herself to be your servant and serves you for six years in the seventh year, you must set that person free. When you release a male servant, do not send him away empty-handed. Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Share with him some bounty which was with which the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God remembered you, and that is why I am giving you this command. He saying, remember God's grace and where you were and God's brought you. Give that, extend that to the people who work for you. When their time is served and they are done and they're being set free from anything that they owe, they've worked it off. They're complete, not only completing their um, indebtedness, but also give them a gift, give them a huge bounty, send them off with a blessing. But suppose your servant says, I will not leave you because he loves you and your family and he has done well with you. In that case, take it all and push it through the earlobe into the door, and after that, he will be your servant for life. And do the same for your female servants. You must not consider it a hardship when you release your servants. Remember that for six years, they have given you service worth double the wages of hired workers, and the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. You must set aside for the Lord your God all the firstborn males from your flocks and herds, Do not use the firstborn of your herds to work your fields, and do not shear the firstborn of your flocks. Instead, you and your family must eat these animals in the presence of the Lord your God each year, at the place he has chosen. But if the firstborn animal has any defects, such as lameness or blindness, or if anything else is wrong with it, you must not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. Instead, use it for food for your family in your hometown." Anyone, whether ceremonially clean or unclean, may eat it, just as anyone may eat a gazelle or deer. But you must not consume the blood. You must pour it out on the ground like water. Because that lifeblood is where the life comes from, and it points to Jesus and the blood that he's going to spill on the cross to sanctify and redeem and give all of us the righteousness that we do not deserve. So that concludes chapters 14 and 15, and we will continue on this journey through Deuteronomy tomorrow. Have a great day, y'all.